This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Here's the scenario. You're injured in a collision and your insurance company is denying your claim. It happens far too often. If it happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. My team and I work for people just like you. We don't accept cases on behalf of insurance companies, so you and your family can make sure that you're in good hands. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm Mo Sampson Folk here to detail for you the Raptors win in Game 4, tying the series up 2-2 against this Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Semifinals. A best of three going forward with the Raptors nabbing two games in a row. The momentum seems like it's in a good place. The regression to the mean, we're talking about shooting, seems like it's in a good place. And finally, for the first time in the series, the Raptors pressed their advantage against the Boston Celtics bench. They did a great job of suppressing Kemba Walker's jumpers. They did a great job of making sure that his shot attempts were in a way lower place, only taking nine shots tonight. You know, Tatum had a much better game, but they did they did limit how much OG was on him. So that was that was really interesting to see. They definitely were a lot more comfortable putting Siakam on Tatum, obviously learning from what they've seen learning how the Celtics like to get their guys loose in guard play, much better pick-and-roll coverage in this game, and things are trending in the right direction. This has been super impressive from the Raptors. 100-93, to they take Game 4. Let's hop into it. It's kind of funny. During the game, I tweeted out the stop-waiting text Kyle received wasn't about shooting. It was about being the best player in the series, apparently, and that has been the case. I mean, it started in this game, a continuation from last game as well. His ability to get to the rim, in fact, it was a playoffs career high. How many points he scored in the paint last game? I believe it was 20, which is impressive as hell. And Pascal kind of took the the mantle from him in this game tonight as far as scoring in the paint. But Kyle, we saw him kind of reactivate that super rapid relocation game he has with Fred Van Vliet, which was a boon for both of them from downtown. And Pascal doing work on the inside. OG Ananobi filling in the cracks both on defense and offense. I think wonderfully everybody coalescing into a much better team effort, I think, in this game. And that that was, you know, that was apparent right from the outset. The Raptors jumped out to a quick lead. And even though in the middle of the game, after struggling in the second quarter quite a bit to score, they seemed to have a handle on things pretty well. They knew where to get their shots. They knew when to play in chaos when to slow things down, and I think that could be attributed mostly to giving the ball to Kyle Lowry more often, which wasn't really the case in the first two games. Kyle didn't see much of the ball in the Nets series. We saw a little bit of carryover in that way into the Celtics series. Fred, who was fantastic in the Nets series, operating kind of as the de facto point guard, the lead guard, and Kyle bouncing off ball a little bit. 
in these games where the Raptors have had to play that next level of competition. Kyle taking the ball from the outset, being the guy who makes all the decisions in the pick and roll, and letting Fred, who is nominally a point guard, but definitely operates more stylistically as a really good shooting guard, letting him play that role I think has been a boon for both of them. So that started early as well. But we did see an adjustment from the Celtics in this game that did allow for more three-point shooting from the Raptors. So it wasn't just missing open shots. There was an element of that, but the Celtics in past games were funneling the Raptors towards the rim. Kyle made them pay for that early on in this game, drew some fouls, put some, you know, some Celtics players in foul trouble early on, was getting to the rim, getting to the free throw line. So they started flattening out a lot of the actions and they'd pinch in. So what we saw happening was they really wanted to deny the middle of the floor. Initially in the series, the Celtics really wanted the Raptors to come down off of the pick and roll and they wanted to defend them going into the middle of the court. This one, they didn't want the they didn't want the Raptors going to the middle of the court at all, and I think that's you know we can look at Kyle Lowry's his decision making in the middle of the court whether he's going to goad somebody into a foul, whether he's going to make a pass to a guy rim running, whether he's going to spray to the corner, who knows? And just the way they're pressing up on him, flattening that action out, Gasol kind of slips in behind the Raptors, start running that option of it, so you go over top to Gasol. You let Gasol decide where the ball's going next on the short roll, and suddenly the Raptors start making a few more threes just because of the Celtics changing how they're guarding that play. So the Raptors, they respond in kind, and they start shooting the ball well. And on the other side, the Celtics doing a pretty good job of getting downhill in the pick and roll. Tice active as a roll man. He wasn't very much in games two and three, so we saw that in this game. But still, I think pretty impressive defense from Gasol. I think he's been games two, three, and four. He's been an absolute hero on that end. OG has deserved a lot of the credit that has gone to the Raptors defense. But Gasol, Lowry, Siakam, all those guys, I think have been pretty fantastic. So when we're talking about the Raptors and Gasol doing well, obviously Ibaka comes into the picture, especially in a game like this. The back end of the first quarter and the start of the second quarter, the guy went four for four from the floor. It that rhymes really well. Four for four from the floor. Anyway, uh, he was killing it. He was hitting deep threes. He was getting into the paint, and I thought that he pressed his will onto this game. And he made you know he made a huge difference as far as really making the Celtics feel his presence on their their own defensive glass. Really making them pay for dropping so low and trying to disrespect his outside shot. And having that, you know, that duality of him being able to punish them when they're dropping low, but then also being able to punish them if they're sitting high by going and getting some really deep offensive rebounding position, which paid huge dividends in this game. I think it's just a great job of him reading his own offensive game. Defensively, he's still having trouble keeping up in the pick and roll. The The Celtics look to attack him every time. But as I said before, there's some real pop to his defensive playmaking. He had a huge stuff on Tice on one. And even though it is better for Kemba Walker, you know, Ibaka still does pack a little bit of that you know, crazy help side finesse that he has. And sometimes that can get the Raptors going out in transition. So there is a bit of addition there, but mostly his his offense was a huge part of the Raptors keeping the game even close in the second quarter. That was a big part of it. After Abaka's initial burst offensively kind of peters out, we're looking at a Raptors team that didn't score for three and a half minutes. They just weren't able to pick up on anything that they were doing in the first quarter. Fred Van Vliet doing a lot more of the ball handling, and that's 
No, that's not to say Fred isn't a great player. He's fantastic. But he is extremely well-suited next to Kyle Lowry. And that's kind of what happened towards the end of the quarter. The Raptors fall behind a little bit, behind semi ogile hitting, I think I think he had seven points. He had a layup. He had free throws. He had a three-pointer. And he just had a really nice punch off the bench. Wanamaker hit like a floater and a pull-up three. I guess, you know, that's going to happen. Although, typically, it didn't happen that much in the regular season, so maybe that's not something to expect going forward. Regardless, the Raptors, a crazy flurry of bounces that led to a a heave of a three in some sense. Well, you know, Fred, he hits a lot of deep threes, so not heave. A Fred deep triple that tied the game up at 49-49 heading into the half. And it was nice to see the Raptors hitting those types of shots. We're very used to Kemba, I think, has four buzzer beaters in this series. Four is a lot, man. That's a lot of buzzer beaters to hit. So it's nice to see the Raptors get a couple as well. And the third quarter, I think, was a really great quarter for the Raptors in that they started to pull away. And the lead they built in that third quarter was super important for how the fourth quarter turned out. That the Raptors, if they missed a shot when they really needed it, it was all right because they had built that cushion. And the third quarter, I thought, was a great display of defense They really turned it up. I thought it was super impressive. We saw Pascal Siakam super, super rangy on the back end of the defense. His late contests where he looks like he's not even close to the play, but he gets in and suddenly there's a hand in the the shooter's face. Those are more impactful than I think we think they are. And I think they have a real impact on how the other team shoots on their perceived to be open or wide open triples it's just those late contests you can feel his presence and offensively I think he found a really nice pocket and a moment for himself on the like on the offensive side of the ball we saw Kyle Lowry really transition into a very ball dominant guard it's not James Harden level but certainly more of the ball than we've been used to seeing the Raptors have been giving the ball lots to Fred they've been giving it lots to Pascal and so now we have Pascal kind of operating as an off ball guy a finisher which I wrote a big article about it you know like a month and a half ago already but you know it's been a while the Raptors been in the bubble for some time But I was addressing that the Raptors are divided into two groups in their top eight. There's finishers and there's creators. And the creators typically don't have super high efficiency because it's a heavy load. And in a read and react offense, you have to be really sharp all the time. Just so happens that brain, (laughs) the brain of Kyle Lowry seems to be operating at a higher, uh, I guess, capacity or efficiency than most basketball players brains so having him make the reads in a read and react offense very effective that led to a lot of open opportunities for Pascal Siakam a lot of more advantageous post-ups where he was able to get his he had 11 points in the third quarter I think he had 11 points in the third quarter in game three as well so the Raptors getting and especially on the inside he was I think he shot close to 90 percent on almost 10 makes in this game on the inside which is not 10 makes maybe like eight eight makes sorry but he he did a fantastic job and it was it was great to see but yeah the Raptors 81-7-3 81-273 going into that fourth quarter an eight point lead significantly better than where they've been in any third quarter or at the end of any third quarter in this series every game one two three they just have not had it very very they haven't had it in a very good spot going into the fourth quarter game two was not so bad but game two didn't end well for them obviously so headed into the fourth quarter looking to tie things up 2-2 looking to make this a best of three 
who's coming up big, who's going to make the plays. And as it turns out, kind of everybody, because the Raptors' defense was super impressive. Their coverage, the rotations they make are very, very intelligent, very high-level reads a lot of the time. When we're looking at a guy who's attacking from the wing, the way that the Raptors on the fly interchange the assignments guys are getting so that they can gamble without really gambling because they move as a unit. Usually when they make a rotation, it's not one guy making a rotation, one guy sliding down. Usually it's around four players making a rotation at once. It's just this cohesive, uh, what would the term be? gelatinous blob of defense that it takes the punch in one end and it comes out the other all the kinetic energy stays within and they defend with that energy and they have rangy guys like Lowry Siakam Ananobi just and really smart guys like Fred Van Vliet Marcus All who both have great hands and a great sense of where to be and they all operate together a gelatinous blob yes that's what we're calling it of uh I, I used another term earlier this season, but I guess I can't think of it. We'll we'll move on because I've spent far too long on this already. But yeah, we trade some free throws early on, and it's like, okay, things are going not bad. Smart had an offensive foul, and then Kyle hit a triple and put the lead up to 10, and it was like, okay, here we go. The Raptors, we're in a really good spot. We can breathe. We can kind of let things go. And this is where defensively, I think the Raptors played a really smart advantage that they have. And that's when poor shooters have, they progress over a game. Either they they kind of regress to the mean or they progressively get worse. And Jalen Brown, for most of this game, was building a brick house. So the Raptors, it wasn't linear, but they progressively got more dangerous in how they defended off of him. So it was the point to the point where he was always the guy the outlet found. The, the side top side action, the swing pass, always ended up in Jalen Brown's hands. And that's really intelligent defense. And the Raptors really baited them. And he had two threes in the fourth quarter, but I think he took six. And just the way that, and he also had turnovers going downhill. There was indecision from him, hesitation. The Raptors recognized that he had been the guy who wasn't performing as a jump shooter in this game. They recognized that he had very poor decision-making, and so it wasn't coincidence that the ball kept being funneled to him, and the Raptors had really great defensive stretches because the ball kept going to Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum still scored. Kemba Walker still scored a couple. They were still able to manufacture baskets, but by the Raptors offering up this perceived advantage to the Celtics offense where, hey, you can get the ball to Brown and he's going to be open, They were taking possessions away from Kemba Walker, taking possessions away from Tatum. And that's really intelligent defending. And basically, that's how the Raptors won this game. Of course, Kyle hitting threes, Fred hitting threes, that rapid relocation, fantastic. Gasol even hit a jumper on the short roll. Kyle drawing free throws down the stretch, all very important. But we're looking at the defense is what made the big difference down the stretch here. And so, yes, the Raptors, they locked down. They, they pad it out. They walk it out. They win 193. They tie the series up. Very good things going forward. Of course, the Celtics aren't going to shoot this bad in every game. As we've seen, the Raptors have regressed, have regressed to the mean. The Celtics likely will too. But the Raptors, I think, that defense, really intelligent stuff, identifying in the moment what needs to be happening, very good. Going into the next game, you'd like to see a really, because they probably aren't going to shoot 
or hit 17 three-pointers in every game. You'd like to see a healthier mix of inside the paint scoring like we saw in games two and three. They really press those advantages. Still trying to perfect what the the proper mix is against these Celtics because those droughts they have or had in this game aren't good. And if they're not buoyed by really, really high-level three-point shooting, they're going to look even uglier. Like if Serge Ibaka isn't coming off the bench and hitting a ton of triples, those stretches are not as easy to swallow. And the Celtics are going to be a lot closer at the end of this game, especially since the Celtics probably statistically will be hitting a couple more threes on that end as well. Of course, they did a great job defending them, but that's just kind of how statistics usually break out. But we'll see. As far as going forward, I think that's probably the most important thing to try and work on. But as far as in this game, there was a ton of stuff to like. I think the Raptors statistically by Jacob Goldstein. They are favored to win the series now. I would guess that Vegas will react accordingly too. So for any of the betters out there, I don't know if you see this as an opportunity. If there's a sad Celtics fan who's listening to the podcast, I don't know if you want to throw some money down on the Celtics to take this thing back. Who knows? But the Raptors, 2-2 and looking great going into game five. Exciting stuff. The Reggie Evans Award goes to Pascal Siakam tonight, by the way, and I think even though he ended up being the top scorer in this game, 23 points, well, top scorer for the Raptors, I should say. I'm pretty sure Tatum, yeah, Tatum had 24, but Pascal getting the 23 points, that's a whole other thing that's very that's very important. It's nice that he was able to operate inside and find space in there. It was very, very big for the Raptors' offense. Very happy with a lot of the stuff I saw from him tonight. But most importantly, his ability to rebound, to affect jump shots, and to work really, really hard around screens on defense, his recognition of when he needed to step up, when he needed to switch on the back end, make rotations, just a super intelligent defensive game. So happy with his performance on defense, games two, three, and four all sublime so even if he's not bringing it on offense which he hasn't been lately it's been you know a real tough go for him his defense doesn't really ever falter so very happy to see that from him very very impressed reggie evans award winner pascal siakam the top quick reaction comment is from mark booth quote screw shack said raptors would get blown away pregame end quote uh like it doesn't matter shack is just trying to be funny most of the time they're trying to be you know comedic they're comical they're just trying to be good television a lot of their you know insights are rare they're few and far between but they're good at being funny i enjoy the inside the nba guys i think they're super funny if you want actual um insight i suggest you mark booth i suspect you might but just keep on listening to the podcast and if you don't then you won't be hearing this anyway but hey, <laughs> feel free to just keep your reading the guys at Raptors Republic. If you don't have the athletic subscription, uh, you're missing out on Blake and Eric, who are both fantastic writers. And Yahoo Sports has a bunch of stuff as well. But yeah, keep reading Raptors Republic, and you should be able to get the insights and the predictions that you want as far as this series goes. But that's it for me. I'm out of here. Fun game. Very fun game. But whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night, Have a blessed day and goodbye.